Welcome to Story Smack. This is Story Smack, a podcast about stories and storytellers in the world of pop culture. My name is A. Kovacs, audiobook narrator and founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. And my name is Scott Sigler, and we have a treat for you today. Oh, yeah. A joke within a joke, so to speak. Uh, if you've if you've read my novel Nocturnal, you may recall one of the characters is Pookie Chang, and during the book Nocturnal, which you haven't read, you really should. He had a great idea for a cop show, yeah. like many cop shows, Hill Street Blues, uh, Blue Bloods, NYPD Blue, Rookie Blue, Shade of Blue, Shades of Blue. Pooks decided his show should have that color as a titular part of the title, which is uh, you know titular title. Right. He decided to call his show Blue Balls. In Nocturnal. Pookie might be considered the sidekick to Brian Clouser's lead character. In Blue Balls, which Pookie writes as a spec script to sell to network TV, he is the heroic lead, and Brian is the bumbling also-ran. So for the past three Sigler Fest, we have live recorded a portion of Pookie's scripts uh, for season one, episode two. Don't ask where the pilot is. He hasn't written that yet. So, <laughs> and the title of this episode is Dala Dala Bills, y'all. Now at Siglerfest, attendees get to read the most of these parts. My plan was to release them as individual episodes leading up to this year's Siglerfest 2K18, but I screwed up the recording. I paused it at one point and then forgot to continue it last year at 2K17, and I simply cannot find the 2K16 recording. So we had we had one episode with the people actually at Siglerfest, but we wanted you guys to get caught up in the story because we're going to do the next part at Siglerfest 2K18. Right. So uh, our friends, uh, Stephen King. Oh wait, no, not that Stephen King. No, not that and one. Yes, that is his actual name, though. So our friends Stephen King and Maria D'Souza, they gathered up some of their actor friends, and we recorded the entire pilot script as a live table read. Many props to Steve the Iceberg Rickyberg, our editor, for putting it all together. So again, this is a character in the book who's trying to write a screenplay that he can sell as a spec script to Hollywood. So if you know anything about screenwriting, you may notice some p- painful, painful cliches on here, but you can blame that on Pookie because he is an amateur. This script is very off-color, no pun intended, uh, and it's rather blue. It is no, well, pun intended. Pun intended. There. We do hope that you enjoy it, and we will give you a full cast list at the end of the episode. And we will be recording uh, part one of Blue Balls season one, episode three, at this year's Siglerfest this week. So we will have that after Siglerfest. We are packing up for Vegas as we speak. This is a table read, so if you're not familiar with that, that is actors sitting at a table reading straight from a script. Uh, the narrator is A, you've already heard her voice, and Hello. I play the lead character of Pookie in the special voice that people like from the original Nocturnal podcast way back when, and all of Pookie's script notes are read also yeah. by Pookie. Yeah. So, we got anything else to cover before we dive into this? Nope. There's just a lot of script notes and stuff like that. That's on purpose. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, here we go. All right, you guys. We tried this one time. It didn't work out very well. So, we're going to try it again. This is Blue Balls, Table Read, Season 1, Episode 2, Dollar Dollar Bills, y'all. All right, narrator, kick it away. Interior Police Chief Office, Day. Grizzled Lieutenant Tim Donovan is behind his desk. He's black, but not because we're filling a quota or anything. He has a gravelly voice. With him is Pookie Chang, stylishly dressed, devilishly handsome police investigator. Strapping and confident with a rakish grin, Chang radiates controlled danger. 
Damn it, Chang, I need a rest, not a renegade cop who's too hard to handle. Come on, Chief. We have the best arrest record in the history of law enforcement. You should be giving us a raise, not busting our balls. You and your partner, Klausner, don't obey the rules, Chang. You can't just go around busting heads and taking names all day. Chief, anyone ever tell you you're kind of cute when you yell? Damn it, Chang, if you weren't such a great cop, I'd bust you down to traffic patrol. I need you to lay low for a while so I can clear this up with the mayor. There's been a murder at a convenience store at Eddie and Taylor. Clouser now, get right on it, Chief. Like hell you will, Chang. Derrickson and Rogers have this case. Oh, I see. You mean it's one of those cases that you never want solved so we all get overtime. Oh, that makes sense. Damn it, Chang! I don't need your lone wolf attitude on this one. This is a milk run. The witness won't talk to anyone but you. His name's Clarence Johnson. You mean Big Bunny, the lovable neighborhood pimp? You know goddamn well that's who it is. You talk to him. Give a statement to Derrickson and don't interfere with the investigation in any way. You got that? Got it, Chief. Now get out of my office and do some good out there. Thanks, Chief. And Chang? Yeah, Chief? Can you at least try not to kill anyone today? Self-defense, Chief. Was it self-defense when you put that perp in his car and drove it off the roof of a 15-story parking garage so it landed on that abandoned gas tanker truck and blew up, taking out the meth lab and the four Colombian terrorists? Yeah, Chief. He almost ran over my foot. If protecting the Gucci's ain't self-defense, I don't know what is. Get out of my office, Chang. Interior Police HQ, hallway, day. Pookie exits the chief's office to find his partner, Brian Clouser, waiting for him. Clouser is pale, lanky, bordering on scrawny, noticeable acne problem, with a tendency to wipe his nose with the back of his hand. Clouser has one pronounced zit on his nose. Well, best pal, how much trouble are we in? Uh, don't worry about it, little buddy. The chief loves us. He sure screams a lot for someone who loves us. That, that's his sweetie talk voice. You should hear him when he gets angry. So we're not suspended for the Colombians or the gas truck? Or for using that forgotten shipment of World War II dynamite to sink the yacht off the Ukrainian oligarch that was going to nuke San Francisco? What can I say, little buddy? I'm kind of charming. I don't know how you do it, Chang. You're probably the best cop in the world. I try, I try. We gotta get going. Big Bunny was a witness to a murder or something. Pookie's cell phone rings. Pookie answers. Go for the Changinator. Lover, it's me. Can you get over here right now? Well, I'm on duty, and... But I need you, stud. I need you real bad. Can't Brian wait in the car as usual? I suppose so. And I also have intel on that blood diamond smuggling ring. You know, the one that uses those South African gangsters to raise money for Al-Qaeda. I'm listening. Get over here fast. I think they might be on to me. On our way. Pookie hangs up. Who was that? The chief's wife. Aw, oh, come on. Do I have to wait in the car again? It's police work, little buddy. Just think of it as a stakeout. I don't know how you get the chicks, Chang. I know how you don't get them. You audition for the part of Unicorn Number 2 in a remake of Noah's Ark? The zit? Come on, man. It's not ready to pop yet. It's more ready to pop than a porn star after Fluffer does a job. So you coming with me while I talk to the chief's wife? Just talk to her, Chang. You know how it goes, Bri-Bri. You mind waiting in the car? Call ahead for some Kung Pao shrimp to go, and you've got a deal. That's funny. You don't look Chinese. <laughs> Chang, you crack me up. Let's go talk to Big Bunny. Big Bunny before you get a little kitty? Hey, leave the comedy to the professionals, Clouser. Let's go. Here's the theme song. We're working on it a little bit. Here it goes like this. Blue balls, blue balls, when you need good hands. 
Blue balls, blue balls, we're always in demand. Blue balls, blue balls, we get your hottest of them all. Blue balls, blue balls, we're always in the face. Blue balls, blue balls, blue balls, watch out. That's our song. I think it's going pretty good. I'm thinking a little bit of the piano, maybe some horns, you know, classy. Okay, here we go. Let's go with this scene two. Exterior street corner, day. Police cars and tape line a crime scene. There is a chalk outline of a victim. Several plainclothes cops mill about, as do Derrickson and Rogers, Pookie and Brian's rivals, who always seem to come up short because they really aren't as smart as Pookie, or as charming. Derrickson and Rogers are grilling Big Bunny Washington, a pimp dressed in pimp clothes. Damn it, you scumbag. You're going to tell us what you saw. Man, I tell you nothing. Rogers spits on the ground. You want to take a ride downtown? You want to pop a Tic Tac? Nothing worse than cop halitosis. Rogers grabs Big Bunny's white fur coat. You son of a bitch. I'll... Pookie and Brian enter the scene. Tic Tac? With that curiously strong mouse tank, Rogers definitely needs an Altoid. <laughs> what a pooks. If it isn't the coolest cop that ever busted heads. Playa! Chang, what the hell are you doing here? This is our bust. Yeah, fool. Well, I guess the chief didn't get your memo as he sent Chang down here to talk to Big Bunny, yo. BB, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Everyone stops and looks at Brian. Dollar dollar bill, yo? What the hell does that mean, Bri Bri? You know, rap stuff. Christmas rap, maybe, but I don't know nothing about that. We've been all over this crime scene, Chang. There's nothing left to find. The only thing we need to do is get this scumbag to tell us what he saw. I'm offended, officer. That's Inspector, you scumbag. Oh, I don't know nothing about that. Look, Dixon, that's Derrickson. Thank you, Crotchurts. I'll get that right next time. You son of a bitch. I oughta... Clouser steps between them. Better think twice about that, Slappy. Rogers and Derrickson look instantly nervous. Uh-oh, boys. Looks like you made the Terminator mad. <laughs> Just keep your bulldog on his leash, Chang. How about you step off where I let him hump your leg, Dixon? <laughs> that means Mr. Penis in Japanese, but I don't know nothing about that. Just hurry up and interview the scumbag, Chang. Get a statement and give it to us. You got it? Yeah, you son of a bitch. Step off, wankerface. Rogers and Derrickson walk away. Right, Clouser? Right. Wankerface? What? Isn't that what the kids say? W wankster is a line from a Beyonce song. You listen to a lot of Beyonce, Clouser? Maybe. I don't know nothing about that. Well, let's talk about what you do know, Buns. What went on down here? Oh, that chalk outline belongs to Tyrone Wallace. Someone killed Smoochie? As you know, Bri Bri, Smoochie Wallace is the biggest heroin importer in the Bay Area. Was the biggest. Now he ain't nothing but a grease spot. So who whacked him, Buns? You see it go down? Didn't see who pulled the trigger, but it was a drive-by. Hitters in a 6-4. I couldn't see him, but I heard him scream, Should've stuck to the black tar! And left the blood diamonds alone. Pookie and Brian are taken aback, because Carol mentioned blood diamonds earlier, which shows this wasn't a random comment, but actually the thing this episode will be about. Does that mean Al-Qaeda is involved? It means Smoochie should have gone to Jared. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. So we have blood diamonds, South African gangsters, Al-Qaeda, and now the main heroin pipeline into the Bay Area. This case is getting interesting. Pookie looks around. He's standing next to a rain gutter, pulls a stick of gum from his pocket, and starts chewing. Bunch! You said it was a drive-by. That's right. Brian, ask Dingleberry 1 and Dingleberry 2 if they found anything. You two found anything yet? CSI didn't find a damn thing. If you two find anything, you have to give it to us. Maybe I'll give you the clap instead. A beat. Uh, Brian, you realize you giving someone the clap means you have the clap, right? Big Bunny takes a step away from Brian. Just a figure of speech, man. 
Give me a pencil. Brian hands over a pencil. Watch police work in action, boys. Pookie puts the gum on the pencil. He bends down, pretends to tie his Brooks Brothers shoes. He slides the pencil into the gutter. The gum sticks to a 50 caliber shell casing. He pulls it out. Well, 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 boys, look what we have here. That's amazing, Pooks. I saw a dozen highly trained crime scene investigators go over this place with a fine-tooth comb, and they missed that. You've done it again, Chang. You're amazing. But that doesn't really help us because, as you know, there aren't any ballistics on a shell casing. Normally you'd be right, Bri Bri, but this time pride goeth before the fall. Pookie turns the shell casing. There is a name written on the side. Cecil B. DeShell. DeShell? Goddamn, Pooks. As you know, Cecil B. DeShell is the biggest custom ammo manufacturer in the West Coast. And as you also know, 50 cal ammo is very uncommon for hits. That means DeShell might be able to tell us who he made these bullets for. He just might, Bri Bri. He just might. Let's go have a talk with this guy. All right, Steve, here we go. I'll go with the scene number three, external of the where exterior. Is that how you say these things? It's EXT? Is it extension? It's exterior. It's ex- exterior. Okay, we're going. I always wondered what that meant. But exterior now, or external? Exterior, external. Okay, here we go. All right, picking up the commercial and action. Exterior, warehouse three. Pookie and Brian approach the warehouse door where Tommy Hammersmith is standing guard. Tommy Hammersmith, how the hell are you? Tommy is taken aback, and rightfully so, because everyone knows that Pookie and Brian kick serious ass wherever they go. Uh, what are you doing here, Chang? I thought I'd have a little tete-a-tete with the shell. The fuck is a tete-a-tete? It's what your face is going to be if you don't open that door. Pookie sighs, because Brian is a good cop, but his vocabulary is that of a ten-year-old who can't quite read all the words on a box of tricks. Bye, bye. Tete-a-tete means conversation. You're going to make my face look like a conversation? I I thought I meant something else. Well, I should hope so, because I'm not sure saying my face is a conversation is all that effective of a threat, Clouser. Fair point, but in my defense, it does sound like a mean word, like taint. If I make your face look like a tainted taint, how would that be? I'm uncomfortable with where this conversation is going. Will you two knock it off? How's this, Tommy? If you don't let us in, Clouser here is going to punch you in the mouth real, real hard. That makes way more sense. I'll let you right in. Tommy opens the door. Brian and Pookie walk in, suddenly find themselves in a break room area. There is a coffee machine that just finishes brewing, a break room table and a fridge. Sitting around the table are four thugs and also Cecil B. DeShell. DeShell is eating a salad. A glass of wine is on the table. Tommy enters behind Brian and Pookie, closes and locks the door. No one invited you two to lunch. We've got some questions for you, Deshell. Looky here, boys. These two fine cops are here to crash our lunch, and they didn't even chip in on pizza. There's pizza? <laughs> well, not yet. But you know, if, if there was and you hadn't participated in the communal expenditure, we'd be really irritated with you. And we channel our irritation into physical violence, which means we're going to kick your asses. So no pizza. Cecil, are you sure you want to do this? Maybe I'll make your face look like a taint a taint. How about that? I told you it sounded mean. Pookie gets into a karate stance, and it's an awesome karate stance. He really looks like he can whip ass because he can. If it's going to take a bloodbath, boys, let's get it over with. Brian, if you would be so kind. Brian flies into action, face-kicking Goon One right in the face. Kapow! A series of angles. Goons close in on Brian and Pookie. Pookie sidesteps Goon Two steps out of the fight. 
Brian drops goon number three with a nutshot. Don't judge the man. This is do or die time. Pookie pours himself a cup of coffee, takes a sip. Sumatran? Nice. I don't pinch pennies when it comes to the break room, cop. Goon four has a club. Watch out. He rushes Brian, rears back, but just as he starts to swing forward, Pookie, while taking another sip of coffee, pulls the club out of Goon 4's hand. Goon 4's empty hand whiffs near, near Brian's face. Brian hits him with a series of rights and lefts to the midriff. Goon 4 goes down. Coffee needs a little something. Tommy comes at Pookie with a knife. Pookie puts sugar in his coffee. When Tommy stabs, Pookie flips the fridge door open with his very expensive Gucci shoes. Tommy's knife drives into the door, through it, pokes a hole in the quart of milk. As he tries to pull his knife free, Pookie puts his coffee cup under the spilling milk. Cream and sugar for this bon vivant. Thank you very much. Tommy pulls at the knife, but it is stuck. He wrenches it free, only to have Goon 2 thrown into him by Brian. Tommy stumbles up, only to have Brian grab him by the scruff of the neck. Angle on, Pookie, sipping coffee with a pinky out. Hmm, now it's perfect. Brian starts to shake Tommy. Where's your boss, asshole? Tell me or I'll make your face look like a taint a taint. Tommy points to Cecil, who is a few feet away. Oh, right. Sorry. Don't mention it. Brian looks into the open fridge. Hey! He grabs a foil-covered triangular bit, opens it. There is pizza after all! Pepperoni! Pookie sits at the table with Dechelle. Dechelle, you ready to give me some answers? I don't know nothing. Really? Don't know nothing about blood diamonds? About giving some South African gangsters your special 50 cal money shot? Pookie takes a sip of the coffee and at the same time flips the 50 cal shell into the air. It lands in Cecil's salad. That's gross. It's just a bullet casing. Cecil picks it up, holds it out for Pookie to see. It has gum on it. Close up of shell. Chewed gum on the end with bits of arugula sticking to it. Gum has germs. And it was in the gutter. Cecil looks disgusted, drops the shell into his salad, pushes his salad away. He reaches for his wine, but Brian picks it up first. Don't mind if I do. Cecil, your ammo was found on the scene of the murder of Tyrone Smoochie Wallace. You're going to tell me who you made it for, or you're going to take the fall. Hold on there. I'm not responsible for aftermarket sales of my highly valued ammunition. You've got nothing on me, Chang. Pookie pulls the pencil from his jacket pocket, stabs the gummy part of the shell in Cecil's salad, and lifts it up. Nothing? How about your fingerprints on the shell of the cartridge used to kill Tyrone Smoochie Wallace? Cecil pounds the table with his fist. Damn it, Cheng. Why do you have to be such a great cop? Wow. I thought when that shell uh, fell in the salad, it was just for comedic effect. But you planned to get his prints on it the whole time. You're a genius, Pooks. Dechelle is angry. He thought he would outsmart the cops, but he thought wrong. Why couldn't it have been Derrickson and Rogers? Goon 2 finds the knife on the floor. He starts to rise up. Without looking away from Cecil, Pookie drains his coffee, then uses the mug to bonk Goon 2 on the head. Goon 2 goes down. Enough chit-chat, Dechelle. Tell me who you sold that ammo to, or you'll take a ride downtown. That's cop slang for we'll arrest you. All right, all right. You guys win. I sold the ammo to Vandersnoot. Cassandra Vandersnoot, the dangerous and influential South African drug lord, also known as the Bull Weevil? That's right, Clouser, the Bull Weevil, who, because she is South African and white, can't be a villain that offends particular ethnic groups. And I can't help but notice that Cassandra is not male, but is in a role normally dominated by men. And although she is female, she is not a damsel in distress, and therefore is not a stereotype. 
Right you are, Cecil. The bull weevil, a badass female drug lord. That's who it appears our enemy is this time. There's just one problem, guys. What's, What's that? that? Cassandra Vandersnoot? Yes. Uh-huh. The bull weevil? You got yeah, it. that's right. Turns out, I banged her. Cecil puts his face in his hands. Angle on Brian. Shakes his head and gives his sheepish grin. I should have known. Cut to commercial. All right there, Riceberg. So here we go. We're going to go on with scene number three, starting on page 19. All right, hit it, narrator. Interior, unmarked police car, Tesla Roadster convertible, day four. Pookie is driving. Brian is in the passenger seat. Series of angles. Pookie driving, air blowing through his luxurious hair. Close-up of Pookie's moody yet introspective gaze. An intersection with a couple of really hot chicks. Roadster drives by, blowing up skirts of said chicks, but in a tasteful and not at all demeaning way. Chicks laugh. (laughs) Was that Lawrence Chang, the famous cop? It was. He's dreamy. Angle on. Pookie's charming grin as he winks in the rearview mirror at the hot yet tasteful chicks. Angle on. Interior of car. Brian is eating Doritos and drinking a Mountain Dew. Note to production manager, make sure we get Doritos and Mountain Dew to pay up fat stacks of cash for this product placement. You banged an international terrorist drug lord? Well, at the time, she wasn't an international terrorist drug lord, Bri Bri. She was the hottest actress outside of America. And when I say hot, man, I mean she was smoking. So you didn't actually have intercourse with a known criminal element? I did not. You know my rules, Bri Bri. Don't put your dick in drama? Don't put your dick in drama, exactly. Although, it was right after I broke up with her that she turned to a life of crime. I suppose I am personally responsible. Pooks, you can't blame yourself if the birds fly south after you move on. I mean, I understand how losing someone of your caliber could cause someone to go mostly insane. But that leads me to my second rule, Bri-Bri. Don't put your cock in cray-cray? Don't put your cock in cray-cray, exactly. So what do we do now? It turns out that Cassandra is staying at that ritzy club downtown. I say we pay her a visit. You mean the Ritz-Carlton? The most expensive and luxurious hotel in all of San Francisco? That's the one, partner. You know what, Pooks? Doritos are delicious. Say, partner, do you have one of those refreshing Mountain Dews for me? I sure do, Pooks. Angle on, can of Mountain Dew. Drops of condensation gleaming like fresh-cut jewels in the afternoon sun. Pookie's well-manicured hand taking the can. Side angle. Brian and Pookie both tipping back their Mountain Dews as they drive their Tesla Roadster, wind whipping through Pookie's seriously thick hair. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, It's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth 
of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Cut to exterior, Ritz-Cartland Driveway, day. The Tesla pulls in. Pooks, we can't just park here unless we're guests. Leave it to me, little buddy. Pookie and Brian get out. A valet, Marianne Banks, comes up to them. Pooks! Why, if it isn't Marianne Banks, how are you and how's Charles? I'm great, Pooks, and since you hooked my brother Charles up with that job, he stayed on parole and really turned his life around. We can't thank you enough. Uh, don't mention it. Just doing my part. You're the best, Chang. What are you doing here? Can you park my car for a bit? I need to talk to a guest. Sure thing, Pooks. Angle on. Roadster driving off. Boy, Pooks, you sure know a lot of people. What can I say, Bri Bri? I'm a people person. I mean, this case would be harder to crack if you didn't know people, but it's clear from how often this happens that your history is full of good deeds. You know, you try to help people and good things happen. I hear you. Ready to go talk to this former actress? And playmate? And playmate that you once banged? Oh, it was more than once, if you know what I mean. Angle on. Brian and Pookie throwing their heads back in laughter. (laughs) In mid-laugh, cut to... Interior, fancy club dining room, day. Brian and Pookie approach a table with high-backed leather chairs. In one chair sits Cassandra Vandersnoot, drop-dead gorgeous former movie star and Playboy centerfold. She's, like, totally hot. Behind her chair is tall, thick Bannerman, a total badass in a three-piece suit. You can tell he's a badass because he has a shaved head and a Fu Manchu. Well, hello there, doll. Why, Pookie Chang, what a surprise. Mind if I join you? Members only, I'm afraid. Pookie sits next to Cassandra. I left my jacket at home. You want me to rouse these guys out of here, boss? I'd like to see you try, big boy. I'll mop the floor with you, punk. You must be from out of town. Johannesburg. Smorgasbord? Bri Bri, let's not be insulting to other cultures because we have had sensitivity training and we are very sensitive. What do you want, Chang? Not a butters and world peace. But since you can't give me either, how about you tell me why you had Smoochie whacked? I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe because he got involved in blood diamonds? Zoom in extreme close-up of Cassandra's face with orchestral strike. She didn't think Pookie would know, but he knows. <gasps> I have diplomatic immunity. You can't touch me, Chang. Oh, can't I? Angle on Pookie's hand. Like a bolt of lightning, his hand shoots out and delicately holds Cassandra's. A series of angles. Pookie's eyes, broody, dreamy, disarming. Cassandra's face, an instant flush of desire at Pookie's touch. Pupils dilate, eyes blink rapidly. Angle on Pookie and Cassandra. She pulls her hand away, holds it close to her chest as if she was burned because that's how hot their romance was. Third degree burns of love. Bannerman reaches for Pookie. Fast as fast can be, Brian grabs Bannerman's wrist. Bannerman draws his pistol. Brian draws at the exact same time. So close they could kiss, Brian's pistol is under Bannerman's chin. Bannerman's is under Brian's. I'm your Huckleberry. My what? Huckleberry. What the hell does that mean? It means you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I'm confused. Gentlemen, please. Inspector Clouser, my man doesn't have your categorical knowledge of 80s movies. 
I say we take off and nuke him from orbit just to be... Your man doesn't, but you do, don't you, Cassandra? Because we used to watch those movies, surrounded by silk sheets and room service champagne, when we turned every hotel into a sweat box and paid for our sins with spankings and gummy bears and squirrel costumes and... Cassandra leaps out of her chair to kiss Pookie deeply, passionately, with tongue, and just a little bit of hair pulling. Note one. Tell censors that hair pulling is consensual. Let's make sure there's not internet outrage, okay? Note two, would censors allow sack cuppage? Because there should be cuppage if at all possible. Note three, look into Netflix. They for sure don't mind cuppage. Damn you, Lawrence, damn you! Do you wish you could quit him? That doesn't even make any sense. You broke bad, doll. You're only beautiful on the outside. Just come to my room, please. One last mad lovemaking session. Pookie stands abruptly. Cassandra stumbles back, falls into her chair. Her lips are wet, parted. Her bosom heaves. Somehow, the top two buttons of her blouse have come undone, showing a tasteful black lace bra with also some tasteful cleavage. Pookie slides his coat aside, shows the badge on his belt. As much as I'd love another roll in the hay, doll, I'm a lawman and I've got three rules. Don't put your cock in cray-cray, don't put your dick in drama, and never, ever put your tallywhacker in a terrorist. I'm no terrorist. We'll see about that, doll. We'll just see. Bri-bri, put away the piece and let's go. That's right, Ice. Man, I am dangerous. Are all Americans like you? Brian steps back and holsters his sidearm. Bannerman holsters his as well. Until we meet again. I can't wait. Cassandra, let me give you some advice. Get out of town. Get out and don't look back. Otherwise, I'll be your guide to the Gray Bar Hotel. That means we'll arrest you. Get out, and next time I see you, I'll kill you. Or I will. Or he will. Pookie walks away. Brian follows, dutifully. Cut to exterior Ritz Club daylight. Brian and Pookie stand there, waiting for Pookie's totally rad car. I don't get it, Pooks. What's that, Bri-Bri? Cassandra was hot, like totally hot, the kind of woman I could never have in a million years if I had all the money in the world. I know you've knocked that booty before, but you don't want to hit it again? The badge comes first, Bri-Bri. And I just coined rule number four. Don't put your organ in organized crime. Then why did you let her kiss you? Pookie grins knowingly, pulls a receiver out of his pocket. He turns it on. The crackling speaker emits Cassandra's voice. I'm telling you, Chang knows. We have to move up the timetable. Damn it. Why does Chang have to be such a brilliant, amazing lawman? Fine, we'll move it up to tonight. Where? The docks. Pier 3, 11 p.m. You got it? Got it. I'll see you there. Pookie authoritatively turns off the speaker. I got you now, Bull Weevil. You planted a bug? Cut to flashback interior Ritz Club table, day. A hazy flashback of the part that just happened. When we turned every hotel into a sweatbox and paid for our sins with spankings and gummy bears and squirrel costumes and... Cassandra leaps out of her chair and kisses Pookie. Pookie lets her, reaches a hand into Cassandra's dress pocket, lifts her cell phone, takes it apart super fast, puts a bug inside, puts the cell phone back in her pocket. Cassandra pulls away. Damn you, Lawrence, damn you! Cut to exterior, Ritz Club, daylight. Pooks, that's amazing! I totally forgot you had all those hand skills from your times as both a magician in Vegas and those lost years when you were a pickpocket in Calcutta. I'm not proud of my youth, Bri-Bri, but I did what I had to do to survive, and I picked up some valuable skills along the way. 
The Tesla Roadster pulls up. Marianne hops out, hands Pookie the keys. Brian gets into the passenger seat. Pookie, is that lipstick on your lips? What? You don't like the shade? I call it passionate purple. Let me clean that off for you. Marianne kisses Pookie passionately and deeply, then steps back. Thanks, doll. Call me. I'll bring the Kung Pao. Pookie winks and gets in, takes the wheel. Chang, I don't know how you do it. Bri Bri, can I interest you in a little trip to the docks? I thought you'd never ask. Want me to play your theme music? Pookie puts on sunglasses, real slow-like. Let's rock. Inset, Pookie's iPhone with an image of Bon Jovi's New Jersey. Brian's finger hits play. Opening chorus to You Give Love a Bad Name starts. After Shot Through the Heart and You're to Blame, darling, you give love a bad name, the guitar kicks in and the Tesla Roadster peels out in a cloud of dust, leaving Marianne to shake her head and smile. Angle on, Tesla Roadster driving towards the docks and the sun setting over the water as You Give Love a Bad Name plays on. Fade out. All right there, Iceberger, we're going with the, this scene. Scenes, it's all over the fucking place. We don't know. We're just going to do it. Here we go. Narrator, do your thing. Exterior docks, night. Pookie's awesome Tesla Roadster pulls up to a chain link fence outside Pier 3. The car stops. Two super cops get out. Brian is dressed in ninja clothes. Pookie is dressed in the same clothes, a jacket and slacks. He looks awesome. Pookie, you look awesome. And you, Bri Bri, look very dangerous. I hope these guys cooperate. I'd hate to see you have to unleash your knowledge of the mysterious oriental art of ninjutsu upon them. Sometimes justice wears black. And once you go black... Both men throw their heads back in laughter. <laughs> yes, there's danger coming. Lethal danger. But these men eat danger for breakfast. Pookie opens the trunk. Here's the plan. We need proof that Vandersnoot is involved with the Blood Diamonds. Do you remember Titus the Titan Monroe? You mean the Titus Monroe, who is the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing and can throw a punch real, real hard that we saved from that Peruvian mobster who wanted him to throw fights because Titus owed him so much money from gambling debts? One in the same, Bri Bri. Titus works security at the docks. I'll get him to let me in the front door. Which means I slide in through the back door. Make sure you wrap that rascal first. Brian takes two big ninja swords from the trunk and slides them into scabbards strapped across his back. Ka-chang! Rascal's wrap. How's that for safe sex? Brian reaches into the trunk, pulls out a seriously huge machine gun. Say hello to my little friend. Well, something is little friend, which is why you're overcompensating. Give me a break, Pooks. There are killers on those docks. You're not taking the heavy hardware? Pookie opens the left side of his jacket. His pistol, a Desert Eagle 45, gleams malevolently in the lights of the nearby ship. This is heavy enough for anyone. The Linbaugh 500 caliber, rare and highly powered, a gun only a powerful manly man could handle. And it suits me just fine. Cue emotional music. Look, this is going to be dangerous, and I... I know, little buddy, I know. It's just that, well, if anything happened to you, I don't think I could take it. We are the best pals two guys who are not interested in touching each other's junk could be, you know? That means a lot to me, Bri Bri. These moments of bonding before we go face what is probably certain death so we can enforce the law even though we don't call for backup, well, they mean a lot to me. Be careful out there. I will. Now you go hammer that back door with everything you got. I will. Brian takes two steps and he's gone. He melts into the shadows like the ninja that he is. Damn, he's good. Pookie straightens his jacket 
then walks towards the dock's main gate. Cut to interior cargo ship night. This cargo ship looks like it has seen better days. It's all rusty and stuff. There are ropes and chains and whatnot, the kind of things that make a ship go. Inside the bridge, Cassandra and Bannerman stand with a man wearing a white suit, a white fedora, and holding a briefcase. It's the mystery man. He's Chinese, but it's not racist because Pookie is also Chinese, so those things balance out. I think we should pull the plug. Chang and Clouser are too close. We can't stop now. He holds up the briefcase. If we don't deliver this $10 million shipment of blood diamonds, Al-Qaeda will cut off our heads. We should never have gotten involved with them. No point in crying over spilled milk, Cassandra. It is what it is. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Can't we kill Al-Qaeda? Bannerman, you just don't get it, do you? Al-Qaeda will kill all of us. They are evil. Aren't we evil? I mean, we deal in black tar heroin, kidnapping, and blood diamonds, and we break many laws. They are terrorists. Everyone knows that crimes are worse if a terrorist does them because they attack out of hate, and hate crimes are worse than regular crimes. Will you two stop arguing? Maybe we can pull this off. Maybe Chang and Clouser won't try to stop us. Tight shot on Cassandra's really serious face. Then you don't know Pookie Chang. Why is everyone worried about him? He's fat. Hey, hold on there. Body shaming is not cool, Bannerman. Not cool at all. You know, I think I've learned something here today. I've learned that we shouldn't judge people on appearances. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. Amen. Uh, we're still going to shoot him in his face, though, right? Absolutely. Good, because I brought in two dozen South African gunmen to give us extra security tonight. He points out the window down to the deck of the ship. There they are. Angle on 24 tough-looking white guys, all holding big automatic weapons, bazookas or missile launchers. They are all white. South Africans are well known for being cutthroat toughs who will do any unlawful act for money, Bannerman. Yeah, but, I mean, isn't South Africa 68% black? So if we're hiring two dozen South Africans, shouldn't at least some of them be black? Bannerman, you just don't get it, do you? They're like white supremacists. No one will feel bad if they get shot and die. Then why didn't we hire white supremacists? Bannerman, you just don't get it and you never will. I have one more surprise for our little inquisitive friends. Hisoka! A man wearing yellow ninja clothes steps into the bridge. Hisoka! The most feared assassin in the world! That's right, Cassandra. It is Hisoka, the world's deadliest ninja. If Chang and Klauser show up, and if they get through our two dozen highly trained and very dangerous South African white guys, and if they try to get to us before the ship leaves, then Hisoka will take them out, because ninjas are the deadliest people on the planet. Wait... He's not a white guy. That's right, Bannerman. He's not. There's no cultural appropriation here. The ninja is actually Japanese. So if there was another person here tonight dressed like a ninja who is not Japanese, this balances things out. It does, because balance is important. I'm learning a lot here tonight. Good. Now that we're all on the same page about cultural sensitivity and proper representation, let's get out there and straight up murder two human beings. Cut to exterior dock guard booth, night. Dark docks, barely lit up from overhead lights and a few gleaming illuminations from ships and stuff. The guard booth is big enough for one man, Titus. The booth is all windows, making it light up like the torch of justice against a dark of evil night. Titus is big, 
I mean, like fucking huge, right? Because he was a heavyweight boxing champ. He's wearing a guard jacket and a guard hat. A man approaches the booth. This man has a blanket over his hunched shoulders. He's walking with a limp. Titus gets out of the booth, one huge hand on his sidearm. Hold on there, sir. What is your interest in these here docks this evening? Oh, I just want some food. I was an actor once, and I could have been a contender. The shambling man comes closer. We can see the torment on Titus's face. He's not supposed to let homeless guys around here, but he feels so deeply the homeless guy's plight. Oh, if Titus could remake the world in the image he wants, no one would ever go hungry. Don't say that or anything. That's like the look the actor has to have on his face, a look that says, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Note, have someone call Coca-Cola. Maybe we could have a Coke machine outside Titus's shack and have the following scene in front of it. Tell the Coke guys that it's a night shot, so the only illumination would come from the big red and white machine. Logo placement out of control up in this bitch. Sir, while I sympathize with your plight, well, goddammit, I have a job to do. Shambling man stands up. It's Pookie Chang. And boy, are you good at it, Titus. Books! Great to see you again. You too, Titus. You're looking good, champ. Oh, thanks. I try to stay in shape. What are you doing here? Unfortunately, champ, you have some bad people on your docks tonight looking to do bad things. And you're here to stop them? That I am. Damn, Pooks. I don't know how the people of this city will get by without you. Your vigilance and intelligence makes criminals run and hide. Just the smart ones, champ. The ones I'm up against tonight, they aren't so smart. But are they dangerous? Very. Where is your backup? The Terminator is the only backup I need. I mean, other cops. Champ, sometimes in a man's life, he's got to do what he's got to do. And he's got to do it alone. Except for Clouser. Except for Clouser. Can I help? You sure can, champ. So go it alone, except for Clouser and me. Exactly. I'm in. Titus, this is going to be dangerous. There will be more hot lead spraying at our faces than if we were in a gangbang scene starring the Iron Giant, Cylons, Data from Star Trek, and a horny C-3PO. What about Tweaky? A Tweaky? Yeah, the one from Buck Rogers in the 20th century. Beady, beady, beady. Oh, you mean the one with the head that looks like a metal penis with the eyes on it? Yeah, it seemed kind of fitting, considering your metaphor. Champ, maybe you should stay in your corner on this one. Lives are at stake. You could die. But Mr. Cheng, if, if you hadn't helped me pay off my gambling debts, I'd long ago be dead in a ditch somewhere. My life wasn't worth a plum nickel. Oh, I had my chances, but I listened to the wrong people and I took the wrong path. You saved me from that, and you got me this job, which is really good health insurance, and that's very important to a has-been boxer like me that was hit in the head too many times. If I stood by while something happened to you, I, I couldn't live with myself, and these are my docs. If someone's being bad on my docs, then I gotta help deliver the right hook of justice. Pookie puts his hand on Titus's shoulder. Champ, I'm honored to have your help tonight. Well, all right then. Charlene's in the shed. Let me grab her. Pookie peers in the shed. You got a girl in there? Pooks, I'm gay. Pookie peers into the shed again. You have a guy in there? A guy named Charlene? Titus reaches into the shed and comes out with a Mossberg shotgun. This is Charlene. Well, nice to meet you, Charlene. Titus reaches into the shed again, comes out with a 45 automatic. And this is Betsy? Well, hello, Betsy. Here, hold this. He hands Betsy to Pookie, then reaches into the shed again, comes out with a chainsaw. And this is Magdalena. Uh, do you name all your weapons, champ? Titus reaches into the shed, comes out with a black electric guitar. Let me guess. Lucille? How did you know? Wild guess. Are you ready? Titus takes the armful of weapons from Pookie. Lead the way, champ. 
Pookie smiles slightly because the former heavyweight champ of the world, who goes by the nickname Champ because he was a champ, just called him Champ. So you know that word has a lot of meaning and respect in it. Let's go. Cut to exterior ship side, night. South African guy number one, he's white, remember, is standing on the dockside, port or whatever, of the ship. He's smoking, which is another reason you know he's a bad guy. Unless his show winds up on Amazon or Hulu, then smoking is cool. And he's cradling his big machine gun. He looks left, scowls, looks right, and a ninja sword moves on screen from left and slices through his throat. Smoking is bad for your health. He pulls the sword free and South African guy number one crumples to the ground. As silent as a shadow wearing soft slippers, Brian pads down the boat top thing, where you walk but you're still outside, looking for another bad guy. Cut to exterior docks, night. Pookie and Titus walk down the center of the dock. Titus has his shotgun in one hand, his chainsaw in the other. Pookie is carrying his awesome Linbaugh hand cannon. The South African dude who is standing on a metal building sees them, shoots his automatic rifle. The bullets tear up wood. Titus runs for cover, but Pookie stands firm. He raises the Linbaugh and fires. The South African clutches his chest and falls off the roof. Cut to interior, ship's bridge, night. Deafening roar of Pookie's bitchin' gun echoes across the docks. Cassandra, Bannerman, Mystery Man, and Hisoka look around, trying to find the source of the shot. They're here! More shots ring out. Mystery Man clutches his briefcase to his chest. They must not get the diamonds! Hisoka, go get them! Hi! Hisoka bows, then runs out of the ship. Cut to exterior, docks, night. Pookie is running and shooting. South Africans are closing in on him. Pookie fires three times. All three South Africans go down. But two more are sneaking up behind him. They raise their guns to shoot when there is a shotgun roar. One of them goes down. The other turns to look into the shadowy space between the two metal buildings. We hear a chainsaw start up. Then Titus comes rushing out. The South African screams, tries to raise his gun, but it's too late. Titus cuts him in half with the chainsaw. Blood spatters everywhere. I mean, like... A lot of blood. Titus gives Pookie a thumbs-up sign. Pookie returns the thumbs-up sign, then runs towards the ship, reloading as he goes. Go get him, champ. More gunshots from off-screen, and Titus runs back into the shadows. Cut to upper deck, or rigging, or mast, or mizzenmast, or whatever, of the cargo ship. The two South Africans, one with a sniper rifle and one with a missile launcher, are tracking Pookie, who is running towards the gangplank. Insert. The sniper scope. Pookie is lined up. This is for South Africa. Insert. His finger tightening on the trigger. Angle on. The two South Africans. A shuriken flies through the air and sticks in the eye of the sniper. Ouch! Sniper screams. The missile launcher dude looks right, reaches for his pistol, but it's too late. Brian runs him through with a sword. Missile launchers are bad for your health. He pulls the sword free and the man falls, dead as shit. Brian starts to move on, but Hisoka drops down all dramatic-like and does one of those Marvel superhero landings where he lands on a knee, a foot, and plants his fist into the ground for no apparent reason other than it looks real cool. Also, some orchestral strike or whatever they call it. Hisoka looks up slowly. Hisoka. Hello again, student. Student. Brian draws his sword. Perhaps the student has become the master. Hisoka draws his sword. Not until you pass the final exam. 
Brian and Hisoka run at each other and start with the sword fighting. Cut to exterior boat deck day. Pookie is whooping some serious ass. He shoots a South African in the face. Another South African knocks Pookie's Linbaugh into the air. With the gun rising above, Pookie karate kicks the South African right in the face. Two more South Africans converge on him. He puts one in a headlock, kicks the other in the jimmy, catches the Linbaugh, shoots the guy who got kicked in the nuts, then shoots the guy he still has in a headlock. Didn't anyone ever tell you boys the Pookster needs his personal space? Mystery Man and Cassandra come running out of a door. They stop short when they see Pookie. Mystery Man clutches the briefcase to his chest. Stop right there. You're under arrest. No! How can you still be alive? Because I'm not only hard to love and hard to leave, baby, I'm hard to kill. Angle on Mystery Man. Behind his briefcase, he's pulling out a handgun. I don't care how hard you are, Mr. Chang. We can make a deal. Hey, Mystery Man, anyone ever tell you that bribing me is a lot like flattery? No, how are those the same? Because it'll get you nowhere. You're taking a ride downtown. Mystery Man pulls his gun, but Pookie fires first. The bullet tears a huge hole in the briefcase. Blood diamonds scatter everywhere. Damn, you're so fast. Mystery Man falls dead. Cassandra is horrified that the diamonds are scattering everywhere. No! She tries to grab the scattering diamonds. In doing so, she moves closer to the edge of the boat. She doesn't see the tangle of rope with the lead weights attached to it, but Pookie does. Cassie, watch out! Cassandra trips on the ropes, which wrap around her leg in a serious fucking tangle. She finds herself on the rail, almost tipping over. Pookie's hand outstretched. Don't move a muscle or you'll fall! Cassandra stays still, but sees a diamond skittering onto a porthole thing, rushed along by a rivulet of Mystery Man's blood. Blood! Diamond! She reaches for it and falls over the side, screaming. Kersploosh! Cassandra! He rushes to grab the rope that is spooling out, but a big hand on his shoulder stops him. Pookie turns to see Bannerman. Bam! Bannerman punches Pookie in the jaw. Pookie stumbles away. Now you die, cop! They fight. Midground, Bannerman and Pookie fist fighting. Background, Brian and Hisoka sword fighting. Angle on, Brian and Hisoka. Brian is cut in several places. He's losing badly. Your test-taking skills could use some improvement, student. You seem to know the curriculum better than I do, teacher. They trade sword blows. Clang! Brian is cut again, drops to one knee. His sword falls from his hands. If only you had studied more. I should have got a tutor, but... Hisoka closes in for the killing blow. I fell asleep in study hall. Brian is play-acting. A knife slips from his sleeve to his hand. He dodges Hisoka's blow, buries the knife in Hisoka's belly. Hisoka falls to his knees. The student truly has become the professor. Brian picks up his swords. Higher education is bad for your health. He cuts off Hisoka's head. Cut to exterior, boat deck, day. Pookie and Bannerman are in a huge fist fight. Pookie's hair is rumpled. Bannerman is bleeding from several cuts to his face. Goddamn you, Chang. He throws a punch. Pookie ducks it and delivers a right cross. Angelon, Titus, nearby, pantomiming the fight. That's it, champ. Set him up. I've had enough of this dance. He pulls a switchblade from his pocket. Pookie sees a big blood diamond on the deck. He stealthily picks it up, squares off against Bannerman. 
I'm going to stick you like the pig you are. Bannerman roars and steps forward. Pookie flicks the blood diamond into Bannerman's mouth. He's choking on it. He drops the knife. His hands go to his throat. This pig sticks back. Bannerman falls to his knees just as Brian limps over to stand next to Pookie. It's over. All the bad guys are dead. There are bodies everywhere, and something is probably on fire, but we haven't established why yet. Fire at night on a ship at the docks is straight baller. The bull weevil? Death from greed, Bri Bri. A sad tale that was destined to end very sadly. A blood-covered Titus joins Pookie and Brian. Titus is strumming taps on Lucille. An unamplified plink of the guitar adds a tasteful yet morose element to the scene of carnage and 'er ne'er-do-wells. Bannerman falls to his knees, hands at his throat, his eyes widen, and he falls over dead. He choked on the very thing he fought for. So sad. That's the thing about blood diamonds, pooks. I know, Bri Bri. They're bad for your health. Three men throw back their heads and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) End of episode two of Blue Balls. Yay! Thank you! That was season one, episode two of Blue Balls. The table read, I felt it ended with a bang. (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot blue of puns balls, blue balls i can't remember this watch out <laughs> yeah and we told you we would have the cast list for this so we're gonna go through this the narrator is was, a kovacs was a kovacs pookie chang was moi brian clauser was stephen king expertly played by stephen oh my king. god it's my favorite <laughs> he's just so good tim donovan was played by aaron hurley carol was played by Rebecca Watson. Rebecca Watson. We got her to do some stuff. It was great. Derrickson, or Dixon. (laughs) Was played by Chris V, as he's known online. Also, uh, Ver, Ver, let's try it. Ver, Ver Verweimerin. Verweimerin. Anybody whose name is very close to Wyvern has got to be pretty good. And he goes by Chris V online, I think for good reason. Uh, (laughs) Rogers or Crotchets. Uh, Is played by Scott Sigler. Big Bunny. Played by, uh, expertly as well, by Aaron Hurley. Tommy Hammersmith. Maria D'Souza Walters. Cecil B. DeShell. Also Aaron Hurley. Chick number one. Emily Hurley. Chick number two. Rebecca Watson. She's a dual role for Rebecca. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Marianne Banks. Nicole, Dr. Nicole Gallucci. Dr. Nicole Gallucci. Cassandra Vandersnoot. Maria D'Souza Walters. Bannerman. Chris V. Unknown Mystery Man. Scott Sigler. Hisoka. Chris V. <laughs> he did a lot of shit he in did. this one. Uh, Titus. Aaron Hurley again. And the sniper. Also crispy. So that is our cast list for this show. And uh, all right, let's let's roll let's roll them end credits. Yep. This was episode 39 of Story Smack. We do hope you enjoyed it. We do hope you consider coming to Sigler Fest in the future to hear the live version. Um, you can always find Scott and I online. Scott is at Scott Sigler on Twitter and Instagram. And his Facebook page is Facebook.com slash Scott Sigler. I am at a real girl on Twitter and at a.real.girl on Instagram. You can find us online at facebook.com slash storiesmack. We'd love to see your comments over there. You can always find us on iTunes. Search for Scott Sigler Audiobooks and subscribe. You'll get a free unabridged audiobook episode every Sunday. We hope you subscribe to Scott Sigler Audiobooks so you can hear more Story Smack goodness in the future. And until the next episode, we will talk to you all real soon.
every five minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 